Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette and Under the Dome Podcast. Extra, extra, read all about it. The Chester's Mill Gazette is here again with another extra edition. Our interview with Mackenzie Lintz. As Nori on Under the Dome, her character has gone through quite a few changes. As Mackenzie Lentz, in real life, she's had a very interesting career. Did you catch her in The Hunger Games, for instance? These and other questions will be answered in this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. Hello, and thanks for reading an extra edition of the Chester's Mill Gazette. In this issue, Karen and I are happy... We're honored, we're thrilled, and a bunch of other adjectives to have Mackenzie Lentz on the line. As you probably know, she plays Nori Calvert-Hill on Under the Dome. Yes, indeed. Mackenzie, thanks a lot for joining us. Absolutely. There's nothing I would rather do than be on this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing to say. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to you know, get build up our, our circulation here, and this is going to really help. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Uh, nope. Oh, well, Karen, uh, Karen's going to start with some questions here and, uh, and we'll just, uh, we'll see how it goes. And we've got, you've got plenty of time here. Uh, yes. All right. We're not going to keep you all day. No, not at all. Um, so I'll ask this question since I'm on the border. Um, I'm in Virginia, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just south of Mason Dixon. Okay. So, I wanted to ask, how long have you lived in the South, and have you lived anywhere else? Um, I have lived in the South, I guess, my entire life, um, but I lived in Florida till I was five, and for some reason, Florida seems less Southern than Atlanta. Right. So, I agree. Um, yeah, I've been in Atlanta for, I guess, 12 years now, and uh, I love it. I love it so much. And then for the show, I lived in... Um, Wilmington, North Carolina. So I, that's definitely in the South as well. Uh, right. so yeah, I'm really, really happy down here. Uh, and then I'm going to college at Auburn university. So that's oh, very, very, nice. very South. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Savannah is one of my favorite cities. Oh, so. it's so cute. I love I it. I love it too. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of your education, um, how was high school being handled for you with this shooting schedule and all that? That was one of the most difficult parts of uh, working on the show. I started, I got the role in the, I guess it was the fall of my junior year. Um, and so then we were shooting, we started shooting in February and went all the way to August. So I missed about three and a half months of my junior year. And then this year I missed about the same amount of time of my senior year. Um, so I basically had to graduate on my own. Um, but I go to private school and it's a very, they're, they're really willing to work with us. And so I would get my assignment sent to me and I would have to fax everything back or email everything back. And, um, then I was able to go back for graduation. And, um, so it was kind of, it was, it was cool. It was hard to miss out on senior year. Yeah. Uh, cause that's just kind of like a huge milestone, but, um, obviously it was a sacrifice willing to make so 
Yeah, not a big, uh, not, not not a problem for uh, you know getting getting to be in a TV show for uh, you know for a few months of your senior year. But yeah, you miss a lot of the friends and the all those uh, you know last year of high school kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, since we were living, I lived in Wrightsville Beach, which is like right near Wilmington, um, and I brought like I think like nine of the, of my senior class up because um, I only mm-hmm. have fourteen in my senior class. And, uh, I brought like nine of them up for their senior trip and they just stayed at the beach for a week. So that was really fun. Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, well, that morphs into our next question, I guess. Um, so did it change any of your friendships? Um, it's interesting to see who comes out of the woodworks. And, uh, I went to a public school my freshman year and it was, you know, like I, uh, I played volleyball, so I had that group of friends and I had a couple, like a couple other groups of friends, but it's interesting to see the people that wouldn't ever like talk to me or, <laughs> or uh-huh. like be my friend then suddenly we're like best friends now. Sure. So, <laughs> uh, it's, it's odd, but you know, um, I think people who weren't necessarily nice then, I think they deserve a second chance and I would never, I'm never one to turn down a friendship. So. Um, but it's cool. All my friends at my school and, uh, here in Atlanta, they're extremely like normal about it. If anything, they like, don't give me any attention for it because they know that it's their job to bring me down from the clouds. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's really good. Yeah. You know, I'm not even famous, famous. I mean, (laughs) people know me. My husband actually coined the phrase obscurely famous for me. Um, (laughs) And I've had people like from high school recognize me on Twitter and stuff. And they're like, oh, hey, I know you. And they were people that like teased me on the bus and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I know how that is. And I'm ser- I'm not anywhere near as famous as you. So I can't imagine <laughs> what it's like. But yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. I don't mind it at all. A lot of people like some of my my best best friend gets extremely like defensive about it. And she'll be like, oh, no, they're not allowed to talk to you because they didn't before. <laughs> so it's really funny. That's awesome. That's a good friend. Well, I I saw on the website for you and your siblings, lintskids.com, that yeah. all, of, all of your names start with M. M-A, actually. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah, that too, M-A. Do you have the same middle initial? The reason I ask is because in my family, my folks did that too. They had the same initials. We, uh, me and my youngest brother, Max, and I'm Mackenzie Joe, and he's Max and James. So we've got MJL, um, but they didn't do middle names for the other two. I don't even think they intentionally did it for me and Max. Oh, um, okay. Because see, you, could hand, you can have hand-me-downs that are even monogrammed and it works, you know. <laughs> I know monogramming that is like such a huge thing here. And Karen, you had some you had some family with uh, all the same uh... Yes, I did. My immediate family is Rick and Randy and Karen and Kathy, which is irritating. And um and then on my mom's side it's all Jays. Um Janine and Jan and um That's like the Duggar family. <laughs> yeah, well, there aren't that many. <laughs> um, that's just like on my mom's side, like my aunts. And then uh, Jeannie had Justin and Jody. And so they're all Jays. Um, but, you know, that's as far as it goes. Yeah. No more of those. I think they had to have just started like making up names that start with J. Like, I could, I, I don't understand how you name 19 children J names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. My mom's name is Carol. Thank goodness. Um <laughs> 
she was just like, no, that is not happening. Um, and the thing that irritates me, I, I told Doug this earlier because we were discussing all these questions. Um, it was Rick and Randy and Karen and Kathy, but everybody in my immediate family, like my siblings and I, they all have names that you can shorten. Richard, Randall, Catherine, and then I'm Karen. And I've always <laughs> resented that. That <laughs> like you don't my whole have a life. nickname. <laughs> no. So I take a name that I got from gaming, um, Alivaria, and I shorten that, and that's my nickname, Allie. So, oh, that's so cool, though. I, I fixed it. <laughs> I think I'm going to call you K from now on. Oh, well, you can call me K. Like the not K A Y, though. Oh, okay. K, the letter K. That works. So, um, I read everything. Um, one of my other gigs is actually reviewing books. So, um, one of the things that I have read, and I'm not joking with you, is all the Hunger Games books. I love them. Oh, they're so good. I know they are. Um, like young adult and new adult, especially dystopian books, I love them. Um, so uh, I know you were in the original Hunger Games. Yes. And I wanted to know what it was like on the set. And um, I'm sure Jennifer Lawrence was cool because she seems cool. I mean, I hope so, at least. Please <laughs> don't ruin my idea of her. Uh, <laughs> but, you yeah. know, what was it What was it like on the set? And... Um, you know, what was filming like and all that. Uh, I know you died early. Your yeah, it died. was like, that was one of like the most exciting things I've ever done because um, I also read the books, but I read the books before there ever was a movie, even in the yeah, works. Me too. I so, read them way like when they came out. Yeah. And I told, I told my mom, I said, mom, you have to get me an audition for this movie. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what I am in it. I just want to get in it. Yeah. And so she called my manager and I just had like a generic audition for it. Um, and I put it on tape and we sent it in and I was like, all right, there's no way that's going to happen. So I'll just forget about it. And then a couple weeks later, uh, we got a call and I seriously like my reaction should have been filmed and put on like America's Funniest Home Videos or something. <laughs> and um, so then uh, we went up to... I was in two locations, one of the locations in Concord and one of the locations in Asheville. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was just amazing. It was the most like large scale project that I had ever been a part of. And um, the chariot scenes were like incredible because we were just behind these warehouses, just driving back and forth in the chariots behind these warehouses. And there was like a huge green screen and, um, the way that they just made it all look how they made it look in the film was mm -hmm. just like unbelievable. Um, and to answer your question about Jen, she uh, is awesome because okay, good. <laughs> a lot of the time when I was working with her, she had like pneumonia. And so she oh, was no. coughing wow. and like the poor thing, she was so, so sick. Um, and she still came over and introduced herself and uh, uh, was very, very sweet. Um, even though she was really sick. So she was awesome. She just seems really like down to earth. and Yeah. And I think she'll stay that way. If you start out that way, I think you stay that way usually. Yeah. I mean, she's been on the Academy Awards and all that. And she just still seems like, I don't know. Hello, yeah, I'm, really Jennifer, cool. I'm Jennifer Lawrence and I'm going to be shooting an arrow through you. How you do? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But 
if if I were you and I got that, I'd just be like, I don't care what part I'm playing. I could be the first one to die. I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, that's exactly because the the experience of just shooting it was like unreal. Yeah. So that's awesome. I was so glad that uh, we got to interview you because I'm like Hunger Games. She was in the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. And I'm old, so um, it's weird that I like that. But no, I do. not at all. <laughs> A lot of my friends are at it too. But um, I understand that you were uh, nominated for a Saturn Award. Yeah, I was best performance by a young actor in a TV series. Now, I I, I was trying to find out have they. I know you were nominated, but had they had they had that uh, award ceremony yet? Yeah, they have actually, um, and it was funny. Uh, I was nominated. Uh, several of the people I was nominated, one of them being Chandler Riggs from The Walking Dead, who's a really close family friend, um, because my sister worked on The Walking Dead, so we know Chandler very well. Um, obviously, Colin Ford, who works with me on the show, uh, Jack Gleason from Game of Thrones. It was just like a really... Um, cool group of people to be nominated with. And uh, we were really excited because Chandler ended up winning the award. Um, so we were really, really happy for him. He's done such great work on The Walking Dead. And uh, we were super proud of him. Joffrey. <laughs> oh, he's awesome. <laughs> I know, but still. I, I was nominated alongside him and I was cheering for him. No, that's then. great. That's great. Well, that, and that's, there's a big, uh, you know, I went back and looked at some of the previous winners of that particular uh, award. And it's like Elijah Wood. Haley Joel Osment, Kirsten Dunst, you know, I mean, these are, these are big names now. I mean, is that, is, is there any sort of like pressure to, to, to live up to that or? Do you- um, you know, I think it was just cool. To me, what it meant was that our show was getting recognition and, um, and that it, that people were appreciating the work that we do on the show and we just, uh, work so, so hard and, uh, it was cool to know that it's being appreciated. I think as actors and actresses, people think that you feel a lot more pressure than you do because it's just like your job. Like you do it every day. It's not like it's all or nothing all the time. Mm -hmm. It's very, um, it's very much a routine and very much, uh, constant working. Like you can't, uh, it's like you never stop training. It's not like you learn it and then do it one time and you're done. You're constantly learning new things and constantly, um, adding stuff to your toolbox. So, it's very, it's not as pressury as everyone thinks it is. Like, we don't look at, at, um, a question that I get a lot is, do you feel pressure to impress, uh, Stephen or live up to Stephen King because he wrote the novel? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's, he's so involved. There was never really a pressure. There was always just a determination, not as much like nervousness. That's good. That's good. I, I, I can imagine that um, it, fr- from from the viewer's point of view, it, you feel, well, they just filmed this in one take in an hour and there you go. And that would be a lot of pressure. You know. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to ask you something that all of us get asked at interviews, not just actors. <laughs> um, and it's one of those questions that I usually cringe at, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, what do you see yourself doing in five years? And Here's the, here's the stuff I give you as options. Um, <laughs> acting, not acting, winning an Emmy, watching the Emmys, um, doing something completely different, uh, eating popcorn, ordering <laughs> pizzas. What do you see in five years? Um, well, I leave on Saturday to uh, start my freshman year of college. 
so I'm going to college and, uh, you know, I think if we come back for season three, I'll have to take a semester off. Honestly, like I couldn't even tell you what I'd be doing in the spring, much less five years ahead. I hope <laughs> to still be acting. Um, I hope that me and my siblings and my mom, uh, continue to have some of the success that we've been having lately. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the good things about being an actress is your future so like undetermined that it's not really like you have anything to like be not be worried about, but like so many people look forward to something and then are let down. Like we just have no idea. So <laughs> right. it's like, you can't really be let down at all. Um, but you're, it sounds like your goal is to be an actress. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So winning an Emmy or an Academy award would definitely be in the cards for you. <laughs> Let's I could hope. see that happening. That would be amazing. Sure. And then I could say, I knew you win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> First a Saturn nomination and then moving on. Gosh, yeah. that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, more about uh, Under the Dome specifically. Um, the audition process, what was that like? What, uh, were you, you know, multiple callbacks and that sort of thing? Uh, what, what, what happened in that, uh, in that process? It's actually really funny. Um, cause I was being exactly like Nori when I had to read for it. Uh, <laughs> I was tired. I had been at school all day. Um, I think I had practice for whatever sport I was playing at that time. I guess it would be basketball. Um, and I came home and I just did not want to do the audition. I did not want to do it. I was tired and I was, me and my mom were back and forth, back and forth. And, um, so she was like, come on, please just do it. And we finally, like, after arguing for a long time, I was like, fine. But in the scene, she's in a car on a road trip. I'm keeping my PJs on and I'm not doing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I was being so difficult. Uh, and we went downstairs and we put it on tape and, um, and then a, a couple weeks later, we started getting like signs like, well, how tall is she? What's her availability? Stuff like that. And then I sent um, a callback tape and then I ended up actually booking the role off, a, off an audition tape. I never saw anyone in person. Wow. That's cool. Oh my goodness. Now, this, this sounds like there was a, a lot of auditions. Was this in the middle of a lot of other things? And um, the, the audition for Under the Dome? Yeah. I mean, not too much. I was in the middle of school. So I think that night I was just exhausted because I was just busy with uh, basketball and homework and normal teenager things. And to go into adult world was just like, Don't I just go there. didn't want to do it that night. <laughs> All right. So, so, but that's, that's, I mean, perhaps the, the tiredness kind of, you know, played into the, the character. And I said, hey, wait a minute, we can use that. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. and she and and I think my mom said that I think she was like the exact reason you need to do this audition right now is because you're acting exactly how this character is so <laughs> um it was funny because it just kind of ended up playing naturally into my my mood at that point awesome I like that very much um so uh, you've tweeted pictures of you and the other cast members. And actually, I saw some on the family website, which I love that picture of you and, um, oh, who is it? Where you guys are pretending to be under the dome. Oh, uh, I guess it's Alex. I think that was Alex. I think so, too. It was us in, we went on a press tour in Yeah, Latin you have America. the sign behind you. It was really neat. You guys were all hamming it up, pretending to be under a dome. Um 
So I wanted to know if you think you're going to have some lasting friendships with them. Um, I think so. It's been interesting because a lot of the people in the cast are a lot older than me. Um, so Colin and I, for first season, were the only ones under the age of, I think, like 25 and or 24. And uh, we were both 17. Uh, and then Grace came this season. She plays Melanie. And uh, we just spent a lot of time together sleeping over. Um, she, So I think she definitely has become one of my closest friends. Uh, I talk to her like probably once every two days, even though she's in L.A. and I'm back in Atlanta. But uh, Which means that's a good acting job with you being mad at her in the... <laughs> I, oh, it was, we were dying in the scene where I have to, like, <laughs> shove her against the locker. Every time they'd call cut, I was hysterically laughing. <laughs> so funny. That's cool. Um, but you seem pretty mature. I mean, I bet you joke around with the adults, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love, I mean, uh, when I went to Mexico, I was with Mike and Alex, and it was so much fun. And, you know, they're all grown up, and... Uh, Alex is actually one of my closest friends too on the show. Um, he and Grace and I would hang out all the time and, um, you know, it's, it's cool because when you go into that environment, ages kind of don't apply Yeah. and yeah. you're working with who you're working with. Like I am, I talk to Aisha Hines all the time. She plays my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all were very close friends and it was a very much a family environment. So, um, but it was cool to have grace who was actually close to my age, um, to relate to because she's just had similar experiences at this point in her life that I have. So, um, it's been really awesome. Neat. Well, how, how much of the Nori character do you see in yourself? Are there, are there things in the character that, that you, that you like, that you admire or, Things that you would rather avoid other than the fact that you're tired in a car. You know, I think Nori and I, my mom says that Nori and I are scarily alike. Um, I think she uh, takes it to the extreme a little much sometimes. Um, But, you know, I probably would have reacted similarly if some alien girl was like hitting on my boyfriend. So (laughs) Because it happens all the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're very similar. She's very uh, determined and she has, you know, she knows who she wants to be friends with and she knows who she doesn't want to be friends with. And uh, I think she's got a lot of discernment to know uh, who's good and who's bad. So, uh, you know, I think she's got her eyes on the prize, which is getting out. So I think that's good. Very cool. Yes. Okay, uh, I'll ask you about a family dynamic. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of interaction between you and Carolyn, the Carolyn character, since Alex uh, Alice died. Yeah. Um, so we want to kind of see how the family changes out of that tragedy. Um, are we going to be seeing more of that dynamic, if you can give any of that away? Between Carolyn and I? Yes. I think... I think uh, a lot changes when Alice dies because I think that's sort of the end all be all that there's no other choice other than to get out of the dome or people are going to die just like her. So Mm -hmm. I think Nori kind of goes on a mission. Um, A lot of season two, she's with Joe and Melanie and uh, um, 
and Julia and Barbie a lot because she really, really is just trying to figure things out. And also, if you think about it, um, it really only has at this point from the show's airing, it's only been about three weeks, a little less. Right. So, and only really a few days since Alice passed away, right? Yeah, it's it's been about a week. So I think that shows how how you know, it's almost odd how much she recovered from that, but I think <laughs> it makes sense because she really has no other choice but to just focus on getting out. Otherwise, like it's just going to be bad. Yeah, one of the things I've actually remarked on is that I think Carolyn probably kind of shut down. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and Nori has no choice but to kind of move on because she's part of the movement that has to work to get out. And, you know, and a lot, we had a, a press junket that came to set. And one of my main things that I was saying for season two is that um, before Alice died, Nori promised her that she would be brave. And so I think this season is really about Nori living up to that and actually being brave and actually trying to get answers. And, uh, and I think Carolyn, because everyone was talking about how, uh, right after Alice died and Nori says, you know, Carolyn told me she just wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that makes sense. And I think that's good for Nori because I don't think her sitting around and, and grieving for a long period of time would help anyone. And, you know, Alice wouldn't have wanted that. Right. Well, speaking of, you know, Alice's death, both Karen and I thought you got some of the best uh, character development in season one. You went from, you know, juvenile delinquent and, you know, on, on your way to, a, you know, camp somewhere uh, to trying to make friends in a, in a in a small town and having that kind of a standoffish and, and but working your way in and that sort of thing. The grieving process um, and, and a little bit of the uh, the whole love triangle thing here in, in the second season and mm -hmm. cha changes in attitude towards Joe and such and such. Um, but first of all, yeah, I think. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think you're right, uh, because I think she came from such a different place than everyone else. So she really had no choice but to kind of change a little bit, uh, almost to like adapt to her environment because she couldn't, you know, punching girls in the face and knocking their teeth out wouldn't help anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you give us the outsider's view, you know, these are everybody else has, has known each other for years. But yeah, you, you get the effect of what an outsider looks like. First of all, it seems that it would have been a little weird to be in a love triangle with a guy in his teens against a girl in her 40s. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Colin Ford has quite the following of uh, teen girls. And he, <laughs> all of them were like tweeting at me and tweeting him and saying like, uh, don't date her. First of all, it's illegal. Second of all, she's a pedophile. She's like 35. No, she's a cougar. Yeah, I, was, I was getting like so many like cougar alert tweets. It was really funny. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, but, but, um, but as far as, as far as the, uh, the grieving and the, did, did you, where did you pull that, that, uh, the acting for that from? Was it real life experiences, things you've read? Um, acting class. I mean, you know, where, where did that, where did that, uh, a lot of that change come from the, 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 the acting of it. As far as like getting into the emotions of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mom is actually my coach. Uh, she's been an actress for a long time. Uh, so, uh, she has 
taught me some methods. She uses music a lot. Um, so I've kind of just grown up using music to get into that mindset. Um, and I just kind of separate myself from everyone before I have to do a scene like that just to kind of get into, um, that, but yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's really odd because you have to convince yourself that you're in such a bad position to the point where you'd cry that, but the whole situation that you've kind of conjured up in your mind is fake. So then the rest of the day, after you do a scene like that, you're very much kind of in this like sad, like almost like emotional state because you've convinced yourself so much that something is so wrong. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think you can honestly think of um, anything to it just I guess it depends on who you are. I just think about like, you know, just sad things and listen to sad music and uh you can convince your brain of anything. It's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. But that's that's, that's interesting. So you had mostly music. I like. I, I it's a very interesting. Uh, I, I mean, a method for for uh, for bringing that up, bringing it about. I like that. Yeah, a lot yeah. of us actually use that. Um, I know Grace does. Uh, there's a new character on our show, uh, played by Max Eric um, from The Young and the Restless. He uses music as well. Um, I use it. Alex Coke uses it. A lot of us do. Hmm. Cool. All I know is I listen to gospel music sometimes and I just cannot stop crying. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Like sister act for some reason. It really gets me. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Even even the, the big rendition of uh, uh, I love him, I love him, I love him. Sometimes. Oh. It depends on what mood I'm in. But it's usually <laughs> like the, the really like sad stuff that makes me cry. I don't know. I think it's because I was in choruses growing up and it's when like the chorus type thing gets together. Glee sometimes. I know that's stupid, but hmm. like Glee, when they have a, a really big song and they all work together, it kind of. The one that always used to get me was yeah. if you've seen Friday Night Lights. Yep. Um, the score to that show. always. Oh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's making me sad right now. I'm not kidding. Hey, hey, Karen, pull it together. Pull it together. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> music is a big trigger for me. So um, so here's a question you probably hear a lot. Mm -hmm. but again, we have to ask. Um, outside of the scripts, how far ahead do they let you see? We're not going to ask you any spoilers. But like, do you have advanced warning on like if someone's going to die or anything like um, that? Yeah, it's funny because if you think about it, there's a million people on the set and everyone talks. So if there's <laughs> something going around, usually a lot of us hear about it. Um, but as far as when we get like official news from executives, because a lot of times that stuff is just like rumors, uh, we usually a uh, couple times we'll meet with with uh, the, one of our executive producers, Neil Bear, and just discuss kind of where our character is going and what happens in storylines and stuff like that, just so we have an idea. And then we get actual scripts about a week, mm, about a week, maybe a little less before we shoot them. Okay, so you don't get a huge amount of advance notice. No, like we're waiting on the stories as much as you guys are every week because we got, we would get a new script about every week to eight days. So, um, so we wait about as long as you guys have to. <laughs> okay, that's cool. 
So that means that you're almost as surprised as we are. Although you know the ending now, of course. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shooting. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, l- like with Alice last season, she knew from the beginning of shooting that she was going to die. So we all knew um, she had a certain amount of episodes that she was in. And so we were like, oh, well, if she's in this many episodes, then I guess it would make sense for her to die in seven. And then mm-hmm. obviously that was correct. So I, you kind of just uh, infer things and you end up knowing a lot by the time you're shooting an episode. Well, the thing that um, the thing that I was thinking of was like Brit. Where she thought she was going to die last season. Yeah. But then, you know, she ended up being pleasantly surprised that she died in the first episode of this season. Yeah. <laughs> Funny yeah. way of putting it, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, that she thought, you know, she was, you know, <laughs> she was going to be gone already. So, and, you know, in the book, she was gone way <laughs> before this. Oh, yeah, like page five. Yeah. She was, she would have been gone in the first episode of last season. So... Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised that she was, you know, through the whole season one, because I really I liked her in. Oh, gosh, what was that show she was in? Now I've forgotten on Fox. Uh, Oh, the secret circle. Maybe. (laughs) I don't remember. I've liked her in a couple different things, but um, I think she's a great actress. And so I was pleasantly surprised to see her on this. And then the fact that she got a whole season. Um, was great. Uh, yeah. You know, when I first saw she was on it, I was like, oh no, she's going to die. <laughs> yes, then, she's awesome. I love her. Yeah. And then to see that she got a whole season and then when she died in the first one, I was like, no, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Well, you know why she died? <laughs> Stephen King didn't like the coffee. I know. <laughs> uh, one of the things we said is in the first episode of our, in the first uh, edition of our newspaper was that um, I didn't want Stephen King to serve me coffee or I didn't want to serve Stephen King coffee because yeah, um, if it wasn't like hot enough or something, he'd just like chop your head off with an ax. Yeah. Out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Linda, I wasn't surprised by uh, cause she seemed like sort of a character that you could lose and it, it wouldn't be a huge deal. Um, it seemed like every member of the police force was destined to go at some point. Yeah. Um, but to me, I just, you know, I didn't want to lose her. Yeah, exactly. So Angie was kind of, it kind of hurt. So, um, yeah, that went off topic, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I I just wanted to talk about Angie for a minute. Well, we got a, uh, a question from uh, one of our readers, Jesse Jackson. No, okay. no, not not that Jesse Jackson. <laughs> uh, he said, "I'm so psyched you'll get to interview one of my favorite characters from the show." So there you are. Oh, thank you. I want to share that I enjoy seeing Nori and Joe together, and my hope is that Nori is going to forgive Joe for being an idiot with the back from the dead girl, Melanie Cross. And as we saw last week, last Monday, it looks like that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, you I know. think I think uh, Joe and Nori is such an out-of-the-ordinary relationship because obviously no teenagers have ever had to make it through a dome. <laughs> um, but I would say 
what I like about them is they're very relatable and it's not all sunshine for them and it's not all hard times. They have some of both. And, um, even in this horrible situation, they can just have some, uh, sweet, you know, tender moments that you'll see later in this season. Um, I think they really, I think it makes me happy that I feel like people can identify with them and with Nori on her own and also with Joe and Nori together. Uh, so you'll definitely see, uh, some more sweet Joe and Nori moments throughout the rest of this season. Alrighty. So Jesse's going to like that. He had a couple of questions. One of them spoilery and I don't know if you can answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is Nori going to knock out Melanie's teeth by accident sometime soon? (laughs) By accident. (laughs) Um, you know, I think Nori and Melanie, uh, have had their, have had their tussles. Um, they don't start getting along right away, but I think they definitely learn to help each other out in a sense and kind of get over their teen girlish uh, spat. Well, it's it's th- it's three uh, people who you know uh, you're from quote unquote out of town. Joe's from uh, from from the town, and and she's from the town, but kind of not. So it's yeah, exactly. Really... She's dead. <laughs> so, well there's that <laughs> i wouldn't say that to so, her face i don't know <laughs> uh yeah it's a very odd dynamic but it's i think people will like to see uh them start to work together a little bit yeah well jesse's uh actual question was are you a fan of other genre stuff science fiction uh you said it had a small part in the Hunger Games, and now we've got a Stephen King-based project. Are you a fan of any comics, young adult fiction, or other of this uh, genre of TV shows? Um, TV shows. I mean, my sister was on The Walking Dead, so we always kept up with that. Um, it's not really science fiction, but I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones. Um, oh, that's science fiction fantasy. That yeah, works. That's, that's, that's oh, it works? The, okay. When you say yep. genre, I'm, apparently, I'm, I'm way behind the times, but genre TV is, yeah, that. Science fiction, fantasy, it's all one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I don't, I watch some TV. Uh, I watch the show, and I watch Game of Thrones, and I've watched Friday Night Lights, like, seven times through the entire series. Um, uh, I watch, I mean, my whole entire childhood was, like, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. So, those two series, um, those are movies, though, I guess, so it doesn't really count. But, uh, this genre has kind of been what I've grown up on uh to be honest jesse's gonna love that answer yes i believe so he's one <laughs> of my friends uh he loves friday night lights oh really yes it's uh, it, it is like the most brilliant if any i tell like i tell people this all the time if you want a master class in acting just i watch that sh- i literally i watch that show to learn like i'll watch it as like a class for myself yeah um and I'll watch specific characters and specific episodes and stuff like that just to like, you know, they're all incredible. Yeah. And apparently they, uh, a lot of it was just letting the camera roll and, you know, being in character. Yep. A lot of it was improv. Yeah. So that is a good way to learn, I'm guessing. So he's going to love that answer. <laughs> good. <laughs> Kudos to you. Um, so, and the last part of our questiony thing is kind of getting um, an and or thing from you. Um, we're going to hit you with a couple of choice things, and we just want you know, off the top answers. Okay. Um, so, sports or acting? Uh, 
sports. Okay. <laughs> All righty. What? Any, any particular sport? You said basketball well, earlier. Uh, I mean, I would probably one of my like favorite things in the world is college football. Uh, I've grown up on Auburn football since I was like two. My dad uh, just kind of graduated from there, and I've just grown up with it. And then I've played sports since I was six. But as far as what I want to do with my life, acting. So I'm going to be lame and say both of those answers <laughs> because I couldn't live without either of them. That works, but you said sports. So you said sports so, first. <laughs> yep, that's sports right. because we're like, something. what's today? Is today the sixth? Or yeah, the seventh? I don't know. Six. We're don't like... Know. Mm-hmm. 24 days away from college football, so that's where my mind oh, yeah. is right now. <laughs> okay, so sports, that works. I, I didn't say, what do you want to do? I just said sports acting. Got it. So. Okay, how about read a book or write in a journal? Uh, read a book. Awesome. Okay, uh, dance in your room or sing in the shower? Uh, dance in my room. That's uh, we had a, a tough time coming up with an either or on this one. 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? Gosh. Um, probably the 50s. Oh. That's nice. All of my dishes are 1950s. Really? Yeah. I don't know why everyone has this huge huge obsession with like the 80s. Well, I lived through the 80s. I don't yes, need to that's... live through it again. <laughs> I know. Like everyone's like obsessed with like 80s music, 80s hair, 80s like everything. I don't know. Yuck. Hey, music Yuck. maybe, not the hair, please. Yeah, the music's okay. <laughs> but I like the 50s and the starburst patterns and it's just really cool. I wouldn't want to live in the 50s. That's not good for women. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, the 80s weren't good either though. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so if you have friends over, would you rather order pizza or bake cookies? Um, honestly, we like never stop eating, so knowing us, we'd probably do both. <laughs> but uh, order pizza. Okay, cool. Oh goodness. Um, how about morning coffee or and, and for me that would be morning Mountain Dew. But anyway, it depends on your role. <laughs> morning caffeine. coffee or yes, yeah, so morning caffeine or dessert after dinner. Dessert after dinner. <laughs> Girl after my own heart. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the books I review are romance. Yeah. Um, genre. So I'm going to stick with the romance part. Um, romantic comedy or dramedy? Um, dramedy. Okay. Uh, let's see. How about opera or Broadway play? Oh, Broadway. 100%. <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't surprise me okay and we we talked about music ballad or bubblegum and i'm not sure do you know what bubblegum music is no okay so bubblegum music would be kind of like happy by pharrell or i will never let you down by rita ora oh, okay got it, so got it. Like that. happy poppy music so ballad or bubblegum uh depends on what mood i'm in but probably ballad okay cool well, we are all out of questions. Um, thanks so much, Mackenzie, for letting us uh, take your take up your time here and uh, find out a little more about you and your character and uh, what's going on. And it's, it's been a thrill for me. This has been my first star interview ever. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. Your first one ever? I'm so honored. So I have to wait another 52 years for my next one. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much for uh, for being with us and uh, I know our readers are going to love this thanks a lot yeah absolutely we're so glad we get to chat with you Mackenzie
Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.